Hello. You're listening to Mock Footage. These two pals really like movies, but one of them hasn't seen very many, okay? Our hosts won't be using any nasty language, so you can share this with your grandma. And they will be discussing major plot details, so here's your dang spoiler warning. Happy... Happy... Shiny people... Oh, I thought you were going to sing a Happy New Year song with me. Um, I was going to, but I don't know any Happy New Year songs. So... Neither. We were making it up. Oh, okay. New... You... Ooh. New me too. It's Happy, Happy New Year's New time. Year. And you know what that means, folks. Welcome to 2020. Welcome. Thank to... you. Welcome Would to you like footage. to take my coat? Yes, please put it here on the coat rack for coats for them Thank to let, sit on. Uh, Wait, this is don't me. Don't sit on my coat. <laughs> this, the coats are sitting on the coat rack. This is me in 2020 oh. uh, learning how to add in some more incidental sound cues. Uh, hopefully, I'm able to do that between now and Thursday. Because <laughs> it's just put a sound of paper shuffling. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you never said it had to be accurate. Yeah, that's You just fair. said incidental music. <laughs> yeah. It sounds. Uh, so, welcome to Mock Footage. Hello, and Happy New Year. My name is Joe Langlois, and this week, this year, but mostly just this week, we are going to be discussing the movie Short Circuit. Hi, my name is Ray DeRosa, and instead of addressing the fact that I have literally know nothing about this movie, I'm going to ask, are you going to include Tchaikovsky's Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy, along with the paper shuffling to make it more intense and interesting. Um, I might now, but you're giving me more and more work, which I don't appreciate. <laughs> Joe, me existing is giving you more and more That's work. That's so true, and I do appreciate that. Now, please do address the fact that you know nothing about this movie and tell me what happens in it. Short Circuit is a family-friendly jaunt through post-apocalyptic America where in which humans and robots have mostly used up natural resources. Okay. Wait, so robots and humans have used up natural resources like like they have together. Like, a together, like, like a together society? Yeah. But they're both um, out of stuff. TM. Yeah. Um, one of the most important yet scarce resources is energy. But that changes when little robot named Nate uh, stands for nice automaton with tenacious energy. <laughs> He's so nice is what I like about him. Please continue. Uh, uh, Nate learns that he can harness the power of electricity uh, to power small generators. So mm-hmm. he can, like, eat electricity. Okay. A little bit, but not, like, use it up. He can just store it up. He's got a battery. Mm-hmm. And so then he goes on a journey to take this discovery to Washington, D.C., so he can help power up the capital, and then the world can be a better place, because that's what America is all about. Okay. So, I mean, so going to the the White House was important for saving the world. When was this movie made? 1984. Was it set in 1984, like an alternate timeline, or is it like... No, it was set in the 90s. (laughs) They knew where they were going. (laughs) They said in 10 years, we're going to be living with robots, and we're going to be out of everything. (laughs) 
<laughs> they did it was say a bleak that. outlook. It was a bleak outlook, Joe. <laughs> you know, after the dinos and the Ghostbusters, they needed something. They needed to be realistic, so uh-huh. robots and humans live together. I think you're talking about Jurassic Park, which came out in 93. Listen, I... Time is... An illusion, is, you're right. I, you know... The quick sidebar, um, people keep posting things online, with a capital O, um, about like, oh, this is just this person checking in one more time before the decade closes. Oh, this is just this meme one last time before the end of the year. And none of it makes me feel anything. But I nope. did see somebody <laughs> the uh, earlier today post something that said, like, with really cheesy font and everything that said, Happy New Year 2015, and that made me happy. <laughs> that, that, that's good. That, that makes me feel good. <sighs> anyway, that's the plot to Short Circuit. Does Nate have any friends? Uh, Nate does have friends in the little robot commune uh, that he starts out in. Um, He likes to explore... This is where he found out. He likes to explore the um, landfill with his friend, Alyssa. And they just kind of look around, find anything useful. Alyssa is another robot? Alyssa's actually a human. Oh, okay, okay. I said robot commune, but it's it's mostly robots. Sure, sure, sure. There. But there's some humans. Um, um, it's the 80s. Is there any kind of, like, forced or weird romance subplot? No, they're both, like, eight. <laughs> oh, okay. Nate Nate is eight. Yes. Well, Nate's eight, like, manufactured eight years ago. What is he in robot years? Oh, he's, like, 90. <laughs> <laughs> like, he is wizened. He has seen things. Okay. But Alyssa is eight. Well, this is eight. Well, I, I I didn't know if there was like any other any other characters that. Well, Alyssa's then the one of the major inciting factors for him personally to go on this this journey because he can see how much uh, Alyssa and her family struggling. Right. And so he has this chance to help right. and make things a little better. And like he could just power up, you know, the the commune. But that that'll just attract you know unwanted eyes, right? Because you know people suck and are right. Bad. So it's like it's like real it's like Fallout stuff. Like there's like settlements and stuff, and if if you use too much power, you become a target. Yeah, but the thing is, this is still like a family movie, so like these things are talked about, but we never see right. a lot of it come to fruition. It's just. In the backdrop, ready to pounce at any moment. Right, okay. So do we see, like, any, like, Bandit Kings or anything like that? Uh, no. Cutaways to them? No, okay. We don't. Okay. We we hear, like, people talk about it, like, in the different settlements, like, sometimes off in the distance. Like, there's a different settlement over there, mm-hmm. and they're getting ready to, to do an attack, but that, that never happens okay. while Nate is there. So it's not it's not the bandits and I might be wrong, but I feel like family movies especially need to make it like really clear who the villain is and like like have somebody to root against I guess um for the kids. Um so who who would that be in this film if not these bandits? I, I mean and it makes sense that it's not them. I'm just curious who 
who's working against them, or or is it something more vague than that? Well, since it's the 80s, there does have to be a clear villain, unfortunately, and it's the president's secretary. Okay. Played by Bob Odenkirk. Okay. I, it, one of these days, Ray, one of these, one of days, these days, you'll be Bob in a Odenkirk. movie. Um, it's Bob Odenkirk. He's very charming, but also he's, like, siphoning resources. Mm-hmm. And, like, we get cutaways to, you know, Washington, D.C., and so the whole time you're like, oh, God, what's gonna happen when, when Nate runs into the president's secretary unnamed because it's just the president's secretary? Right. No, come on. What's, what's his name? The president's secretary, Secretary Holloway. Holloway, okay. Okay. Hmm. And and so that that this president secretary is siphoning all your resources and also probably doing some underhanded things to keep things the way they are because he's benefiting from them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, the climax of the movie, uh, Nate uh, harnesses some electricity from a lightning storm and just knocks uh, Secretary Holloway off the roof of the White House. Okay. Alrighty. But we uh, never hear the thud. I was about, I, yeah, I was about to say, oh, just like that one scene from this thing, but I didn't want to spoil it for you. Um, what from from Beauty and the Beast? Y- yeah, kind of. Sure. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So let me think. I think I feel like we're still missing some stuff. So I do want to make it clear that Nate goes on this journey alone. Mm-hmm. Every time he gets a chance to bring a friend, like he he leaves before Le- Alyssa even notices. Okay. Um, and then doesn't he want goes to, to put different... her in danger. Yeah, and that's like a big part of his character is that every time he helps someone, he goes. He he's a very lone wolf caricature, but with high energy and friendliness. Right. Oh, so he's constantly pulling Irish goodbyes. I don't know what that is. It's where, like, at a party or a bar or something, you just kind of leave without saying anything to anyone. Oh, I don't go to parties, so I don't know. And also, <laughs> I'm not Irish. Well, it, this is what this guy is doing. Like, he's creating connections and he's being very friendly and outgoing, but he's he's not letting people get in, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that's... it's. Is that part of his character? Good. Is that explored yeah. at all by the movie? Or is no. that kind of... Okay. No, they, he doesn't... He Nate doesn't change. Okay. His mission stays the same. Okay. Even after learning that the yeah. Secretary Holloway is doing bad things, it's still gotta power up the, the capital. Right. So he doesn't change or grow really very much at all, because he's good from the get-go. He just changes the world. Right. Instead, okay. we get little snippets of other people he helps and okay. the settlements around, you know, the East Coast. Right. Oh, so where is he traveling to D.C. from? Florida to D.C. Holy... So it's not too far. That's pretty far. It's I, not across I country, though. Flit, or is he driving a car? No, he, he has little treads. He has little treads. Okay. Yeah, I guess, like, he doesn't need to sleep or anything, right? No, but he does, you know have to rest right you know fix yeah if there's like acid rain or whatever like you Mm -hmm. know like radioactive storm clouds is it radioactive post-apocalyptic or no well kind of sometimes 
depends on where you are. The the more north he gets, yes. Okay. <laughs> because what, industry, what scene anyway. What shot or scene was the most memorable to you? Um, the scene where he's leaving the 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 seaside coastal mm-hmm. settlement, and the little girl gives her uh, sorry, and the little girl gives him a, a dried up starfish, mm. and uh, instead of taking it with him, he just kind of leaves it on a rock nearby oh, and yeah. goes. That makes sense for his character. Yeah, it it sucked. Yeah, wow, that's rough. Oh, okay, cool. Um. And then, one last thing before we start getting out of here. The robot is the main character, and this movie was made in the 80s. Is it, like, CGI? Is it practical effects? Is it a person in a robot costume? (laughs) It's mostly practical effects, although there's a little CGI um, uh, near the end, you know, with the, the lightning fight. Okay. But, the, and and a little fight. bit spread out throughout, but for right. the most part, it's practical practical effects. It's a little robot moving moving around. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, what was your favorite line from the movie, Ray? I'm always so prepared when you asked me mm-hmm. asked me this question. It's by Alyssa, um, and it's near the beginning when they're we're digging through the trash heap, uh, and it's just Alyssa saying to Nate. You you'd think by now, uh, with how much we've cleared out this place, the stink would go away, huh, Nate? And Nate says, "I can't smell." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just turns. Does, so does he look directly at her, or does he barrel the camera and say, "I can't smell"? He looks directly at her, but it is from a POV of her. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Cool. Let's go. Let's go eat some popcorn and watch this movie. Okay. Mmm. <laughs> the popcorn is extra yummy, nummy today. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just that that good 2020 crunch in there. Yum yum. It's time to read some ads, and I'm that was just a little taste of what I can do. I can advertise popcorn so good. And the next thing that I'm going to advertise so, so good is the Trans Questioning Podcast. Recently came back off of a short hiatus, and I'm so glad that it is back because the Trans Questioning Podcast is a show about what it means to be transgender. Every other week, the host, Sarah Zedek, answers questions and talks to their guests about their experiences as trans and non-binary people living in a rapidly changing world. There is, of course, no one right way to be trans, and that's why hearing the stories of our peers is so important. The show airs every other Monday, despite... (laughs) I'm sorry, they changed up the ad copy a little bit, and it's it's making me laugh here. Uh, The show airs every other Monday, despite Garfield's fervent protestations. This cat will not stop. He continues to email Sarah Zedek every single day and says, please, please move Trans Questioning Podcast to another day of the week. Any other day of the week will do. And Sarah Zedek says, no, Mondays are already bad and I need this podcast to come out on Monday so that it can brighten them up a little bit. 
or something like that. I don't know what Sarah Zedek's reasonings are, just that she has a very antagonistic relationship with that orange cat. And that's fine uh, because the cat, you know, it's a cat because there are certain cats that it is good to have an antagonistic relationship with. And Garfield is one of them. Anyway, despite my over-explaining that bit, I'm going to go ahead and move on to tell you about Gaming New Horizons. What's that? Did somebody say gaming? I thought there was already a gaming podcast here on Lunar Light Studio. Who's trying to chomp my flavor? Wait a second. I know them. That's the same boys as the Overwitch boys. Okay, okay, okay. Let's see what's going on here. Gaming. <laughs> gaming New Horizons. I can't get through it without laughing, man. Gaming New Horizons is the best casual gaming news source out there. Your three best friends discuss video games, new and old, to celebrate their strengths and analyze their weaknesses. When the conversation comes to a close, they decide if the featured game is worth continuing or if it's game over. Ray, Terrence, and Joe are here to guide you through the world of games every other Friday on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and LunarLightStudio.com. So yeah, it's the same show. Uh, it's just not married to Overwatch anymore. We, me and, and Ray and our friend Terrence, we talk about video games and we talk to our friends and uh, we enjoy what there is to love about video games and the friendship that comes out of that as well. So if that sounds like your your bag, go give it a listen. It's it's fun. It's, it's a good time. I, I swear it. Especially nowadays. Um, okay, with all that done and said, I think we can get back to the movie and find out what Nate has gotten up to on his travels to Washington, D.C. Enjoy. What were you saying a moment ago, Ray? What? Welcome. About... Hello. About what? Hi. Hi. Hello. Howdy. Welcome. Hi. Salutations. Salutations. Hello. How do you feel about Short Circuit? I want to swear. <laughs> Can I swear? No, you can't swear. But I have strong emotions. Yeah. I have I have spontaneous emotions. Spon- spontaneous emotional response. And most of it is saying swears at you for making me watch this movie. <laughs> you gotta swear at me? That's yes. rude. No. Tell me what you tell me what you thought. I thought it was great. I cried. I thought it was great. I was mad. Most yeah. of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> whenever whenever number five wasn't on screen, but yeah. other than that, I loved it. <laughs> Goodness, yeah. this movie was bad, but also very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Let me let, let me rephrase. This movie has aged, but it's very good. Right, exactly. Yeah, there are there are certain things definitely that don't quite hold up, but uh Number whew. five holds up. Number five sure does hold up. Everything about number five holds up. And Stephanie, I would say. And Stephanie. Stephanie's very good. So, Short Circuit is a movie about a robot. Uh, Uh, It opens up with a military demonstration where these five new robots from Nova Robotics are showing off to, like, a panel of military folks how effective killing machines they are. Uh, They've got, like, lasers and stuff and... 
Nova is like trying to sell it to the military so they can be like, hey, unmanned car- combat, you know, keep your soldiers safe and they're super effective, yada, yada. Um, and then at the end of the presentation, the robots are charging or something and then the generator gets struck with lightning and the fifth one uh, is like short circuited as, as it were. Um, and then the robot wakes up and seems to be functioning normally, but is not normal anymore. It is alive for all intents and purposes. Uh, and through a series of whoopsies and uh-ohs, it accidentally escapes from Nova Robotics and so then this organization, this company, Nova, is like freaking out because their $11 million robot is missing. And as fate would have it, number five uh, falls into the life of, oh, literally falls into the life of uh, Stephanie, who is a small business owner in Oregon uh, who also takes care of a bunch of like stray animals. So she's got a big heart and she uh, cares about giving homes to unwanted or un uh, unappreciated beings. And at first she thinks that this robot is an alien and is like teaching it about the planet and stuff like that. But uh, comes to realize that it is a, is the property of Nova robotics and doesn't want anything to do with it anymore. Uh, because they are like a war, war profiteering organization. So then there's a lot of back and forth of Nova trying to get the robot, Stephanie realizing that the robot is alive and is learning and uh, appreciates life. Um, the robot number five, Johnny five has a full on existential crisis. Once he realizes what death is and is afraid of death um and then is trying to escape nova for the rest of the movie and then there are two scientists from nova that don't really like nova but uh designed the robot and then the, they are well it's really mostly dr crosby played by steve gutenberg who uh throughout the course of the movie comes to realize that johnny five is alive even though he was convinced from the start that it was just a machine. I built this machine. There's no way it could be alive. And there's a lot of, especially toward the end of the movie, there's a lot of philosophy of life stuff about him trying to figure out what it means to be alive instead of the robot just thinking it's alive and emulating life. Um, so that's that's pretty much it in a nutshell. And then at the very end, Nova blows up the robot because it's a danger to be out in society, obviously. Um, and they all celebrate, but it was a clever ruse and Johnny five is still alive. And they, uh, Johnny five and Stephanie and Dr. Crosby all escaped to Montana together to start a new life with their aminals. And that's short circuit. Okay. Thanks for joining us for mock footage. I'm going to go cry some more. <laughs> I'm emotionally sap. Okay. So I might be a little, little, little saucy, little sassy. Yeah. <sighs> it's it's heavy it's, it's heavy stuff <laughs> hey joe who taught you Ugh, i can't even quote it uh 
Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I know what you're talking about. It's, it's when, uh, at the, toward the end, when Dr. Crosby is saying, like, you're, you're designed to blow people up. And Johnny Five says, I can't. And Crosby says, uh, well, why not? Uh, it's wrong. Incorrect. Will not do it. Dr. Crosby, genius PhD. Don't you know this? Crosby says, uh, I know it, but who told you? And Johnny Five says, I told me. I know the morality of it. It comes from inside. And then Joe started crying. Yeah, I did. Not to dox you about your emotions here on this podcast. I did. Where we cry almost every episode. <laughs> Dang So much about Ugh. this movie do I love. I, I love the like all the eighties stuff. I don't know why I'm so nostalgic for the eighties, because I wasn't alive during them, but I just because, love the aesthetic. Because everybody is nostalgic about the eighties right now. Uh it was, it was a good it was a good it's culture. it's a good aesthetic. It's a good aesthetic. Um and yeah, all of the philosophy of life stuff, like uh, Dr. Crosby giving him the Rorschach test and uh, giving telling him a joke. I don't joke. know what that is. Uh, that's the inkblot test, where he puts the soup on the piece of paper and folds it, and he's like, what's in here? Or what is this? And the and number five's like, oh, it's monosodium glutamate, wood pulp, uh, vegetable parts, and he like, just lists the ingredients of what's in Campbell's soup. And then after that, he's like, but it resembles a butterfly, a bird, a maple leaf. And like ascribing meaning to a meaningless thing is part of mm-hmm. what it means to be alive or be human, I guess. And then he also tells him a joke and Johnny, it's a terrible joke. Um, but the robot understands it and starts to laugh. Um and throughout the movie, we see this robot feel fear and express all kinds of emotions, which is incredible. The robot design is so good, and it's what all robots should look like in my mind. <laughs> this is a good robot design. I can't believe Disney stole this design for Wally, and every other robot design stole this design. It's a good little design. Mm-hmm. And I got the treads right somehow. You did get the treads right, absolutely. Um, this movie is good. Like I said, I love everything that has number five in it. Mm-hmm. All of um, the scenes where he's learning with Stephanie are so good. just give me life. All the scenes where he's learning and then where he's cooking. God, it's so and driving. <laughs> All the all of that, everything with number five is good. I really don't care about Nova and anything going on with that. <laughs> I could care so much more about. Well, that. I mean, it's it's like we said, like we have to establish the villain. I feel like they do spend a little bit too much time on that side of stuff, uh, and it does start to drag toward the end of the. We movie. do have to establish a villain, and the villain, what's what? Scroder has his reasons. He has a family. He says it nine times throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. That he has a family and yeah, children but that doesn't like he needs give him, to protect. He's also like a but, big jag. Like, but he's also a big jerk. Um, 
And the, what is it, Howard? The Howard. businessman, kind of like chairperson of, of NOVA or something like that. He, he's just a little slimy skis ball. Like, he's a good villain in in my eyes. Yeah, he goes back and forth. So mm-hmm. I, he, I'd never painted him as a villain. Uh, I think but he's, that's he's definitely just, the role he takes. He's yeah, he's very self-interested and yeah. cowardly, and yeah, he's just a little slime ball, and I love him. <laughs> Stat. <laughs> yeah, I don't like. It's just watching this robot learn how to be alive. <laughs> yeah, that's it, and it's good. Yeah, yeah. it's Being great. Excited to learn and appreciating when- life. When he start, picked up a book and started reading and started making mouth noises, like he was reading very quickly, mm-hmm. I, I was like, that's me. That's me when I read. <laughs> I, I related very much to, to, to number five. It's also reading. really cool to watch the way that he like evolves because when he, mm-hmm. when he first wakes up, he's barely like he runs into a wall. Like he doesn't know what he's doing at all. And then when he ends up with Stephanie, she, one of the things that she, she starts telling him about the house, but like he wants more input, more knowledge. And then he like reads an entire encyclopedia collection. And now he he's able to speak and like communicate. But then she turns on the TV to distract him because he's like destroying the house and he watches TV all night. And the next morning he has like, he's able to, to emote and and like do impressions and stuff but like he's able to communicate non-verbally kind of right. by, by adjusting his uh eyebrows and, and stuff like that he right he has body language which is incredible um because that you know there's a certain amount of that that has to be innate for humans but there's all like it's so much of it is learned so much of it is learned and it that that I think that's really it's 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 so cool to me. I, I get wilded out by the implications of this movie. Mm-hmm. And then he learns about death. Yeah, yeah, he does. He accidentally kills a grasshopper, and uh, he says to Stephanie, "Well, this is like right after her telling him, like, well, they're going to take you back to the lab and disassemble you so they can figure out what what went wrong," and. He crushes the grasshopper on accident, and then he says, "Well, just reassemble it, uh, put it back together." And she's like, "Oh no, it's dead. Once once you're dead, dead is forever." And then he puts it together. He's like, "Squashed, dead, disassembled, dead." And then he freaks the heck out and he runs away. No disassemble. No disassemble. I cried. Yeah, it's it's heavy watching him go through that. Ugh. I'm sorry, I really don't have a lot to say about this movie. I mean, he had a human friend. (laughs) Listen, if we're gonna even pretend that my plot was anywhere near close, you could just shut up now, okay? Right. There was a robot, there was a friend, there was a lightning, um, there were treads. Uh Uh-huh. There was, um, how I don't know what what else. There was no lonely, no lone wolf caricature. Uh uh-uh. uh Now he was pretty. He was pretty stuck on Stephanie. Mm-hmm. 
we we said I think it's worth digging into a little bit. We said that there's some stuff that doesn't hold up. What what rubbed you the wrong way? Uh, anytime the, the doctors were talking about women. Yeah. Well. Okay. That, and yes, I I agree. But uh, but also it it characterizes them as like mega nerds who don't know how to talk to women at all. Yeah. And, and it's it's annoying, but those people exist. I know, but it. I don't know, that trope exists. Like, I feel like this started in the 80s when the whole computer thing took off, and it's right. here. They're big computer and... nerds, and the the joke is they don't know how to talk uh, or think about women. I've seen Big Bang Theory, okay? Right, like, exactly. Well, and that that's the I'm thing. Tired. I don't give I don't give Big Bang Theory any passes because that's now. made in the aughts. Yeah. <laughs> But this I can a little bit, but it still irked me. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I rolled my eyes a lot whenever the doctors were talking about kissing women. Yeah. Not that it was problematic, but the ex-boyfriend really... I did not need him in this movie. Well, yeah, again, I, I think that... I mean, he was annoying. I, like, he, he, I, was, I a, he not, was a good villain. He was a good villain, but I don't think he really added much to the plot. It characterizes Stephanie a bit. I think I think the purpose that he serves is a practice round for Johnny Five because he is blocking the shots from the rifle. I guess. And and then they raise the stakes, and Johnny Five has to face off against three other robots. I suppose, um, yeah. But no, I I get where you're coming from. It, the The movie definitely did start to drag a little bit. Like I said, toward the middle, middle end, but and that that might be something that could have been cut because he was just a he was just a a jerk and yeah, honestly, all he really added to the plot was Stephanie saying like every guy I meet is I think they're going to be good and then they're a jerk and then she kind of goes through that with Doctor Crosby a little bit, but Doctor Crosby's actually a nice guy. But also, she goes through this, all guys should die, and Johnny Five's like, no, what? Yeah. (laughs) Which was, like, a really interesting conversation to have. She was super emotional, obviously. But, like, you know, with the whole thing about him and death. Johnny shouldn't say such things. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, that was good. Ooh, right on the sensor. Can we just, like say Johnny Five quotes to each other for the next five minutes and then call it good. You Do you expect me to remember any? Um, I can't. I can't. I, I saw this movie once, Joe. I can't remember the lines. I don't lines. remember any anymore either. If you want me to... Like, there were so many that I I, I felt overloaded. My sensors overloaded with, yeah. with one-liners in this movie. Honey, I'm home. Um. Let's see. He said that <laughs> he did. He 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 did a Bugs Bunny. Yeah, he did. You wascoey robot. He did a Three Stooges. Mm-hmm. He did a I'm dancing. The dance. The Every dancing? time there's a dance in this in this podcast, it tops the other dances. Did it top, babe? No. It was good. It was good. I really like the dance scene where he was doing disco. Is that disco? 
Yeah. I don't know. That was that was Pinnacle Disco. And then and then he danced with Stephanie to uh What then a woman And he sang it. He mm-hmm. sang it too. What then I want that to be <laughs> And it was cute. It was so cute. Why can't men dance like they did with that super <laughs> silky pelvic thrusts? Like they did in disco times. Ray wants to bring disco back so he can ogle men's pelvi. I didn't say that. <laughs> I heavily implied it. Okay. I just. Why are men cowards? Yeah, men are cowards. That's the thing. That's <laughs> the real takeaway from this movie. Why can't they shake their hips like they're flowing like the ocean? I need an answer. America, explain. America, explain. Why no flowy hips? Uh, no, honestly, I really like the relationship between Stephanie and and um and Johnny, Johnny Five. Five. Yeah, I, I they, remember like as a kid thinking there was a weird romantic spin on it, and I think it was kind of written that way. But like, it's I, it's it definitely super platonic. Yeah, it was mostly platonic, like. I I wasn't uncomfortable. I was yeah. not uncomfortable with that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good wholesome relationship and friendship. And and like even the stuff between Stephanie and Dr. Crosby doesn't really bother me all that much because they come together by like celebrating the the new life of Johnny Five. Yeah. And they bond That's over fine. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was fine with that. Mom and dad. It's mom mm-hmm. and dad. Also, I love how we needed the expert doctor to affirm that this robot was alive to well, make sure that this robot was alive. I don't think we did. Like, I think that we well, for believed the characters. it. We believed it, but he needed to. Yeah, he exactly. needed to understand that. He needed to to overcome his own like. He needed to have a little humility. Like that's what it was about. It was like he had to be like. I don't know how this happened. He had to admit that he doesn't know how this happened, but it happened. Mm-hmm. And isn't that how we happened? You know, you did also say that the the main character of your movie didn't really change at all. Now, granted, Johnny Five did, like, grow and learn throughout the movie, but he never changed, really. He was always a good boy. He was always a good boy. He did m- make upgrades to himself. So yes. he did change. Yes. Physically. Physically. Had to remove an arm that got busted and put in a different arm that was the same. Mm-hmm. But he was a good boy the whole time. Or did he learn to be a good boy? Well, like I said, like I said, God was in that lightning bolt. <laughs> <laughs> you really did say that, didn't you? <laughs> God was in the lightning bolt, ready to prove the world wrong. Mm-hmm. To teach the world a new lesson a about lesson. life. <sighs> Alright, I think that about wraps us up. Uh, Ray, thanks for watching the movie with me. Do you think... I, I know you have mixed feelings about it. Um, and I, I know that I love it a lot, but I really don't want that to sway you. Do you think it's worth watching without the lens of nostalgia? I know that my nostalgia is super clouding my vision on this film. I think it's worth watching, if not for the 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 lessons about life. 
Okay. In this movie. And and, and also Johnny Five. Johnny Five. <laughs> <laughs> if if anything else, watch this movie for the main character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad you watched it with me. I'm sorry it kind of took the wind out of your sails a little bit. It really it... did. In a good way. In a good way. Okay. I want to make that clear. It made me... It taxed me in a good way. <laughs> okay. I, I hope I hope that you can... Uh, I hope that it, like... I hope it sticks with you. I, I hope that, like, Johnny Five stays in your heart, because... I've never heard anyone talk about this movie. Right? I Right? I don't know why, like... I don't know why it got swept under the rug by the cultural consciousness, but I love this film. Anyway. Probably because E.T. happened. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. I almost picked E.T. today, too, which is fun. Uh, no, this was a better choice. <laughs> All righty, let's get out of here. Thank you so much for listening, folks. You can find us on Twitter at MockFootage, or you can send an email to MockFootage at gmail.com. Tom? Uh-huh. It's Tom's web domain, uh, and you can send emails to him, and he'll let us know. Um <laughs> 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 that was a joke. Uh, I I had an I had an emotional response to your yeah, joke. Yeah, spontaneous emotional response. See, Ray's not a robot. I'm alive. Um, please, it's the new year, and we'd like to start it off fresh with some new reviews. Please re- leave us a review on iTunes. We would love to hear what you have to say and what you think of the show. And uh, if you do, we'll read it out loud. And everyone loves that. I love that. It'd really I know. help us out if you left us a review. It would help us out, but also, but also, um, I know that when I leave reviews on other shows and then I listen to the episodes and I hear my review get read, it fills me with a, a warm, fuzzy feeling. Uh, and I want you to experience that. This is, this is for you, really. I want you to experience what it's like to hear your words read by us. Does that sound fair, Ray? I think so. Okay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And tell your friends about it too. It's a good show, right? You're listening. I think so. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Lunar Light Studio, for hosting us. And thank you so much to Chongo for the use of our ending theme. And thank you so much to Ross Jerson for the cover art. Appreciate you all very much. Thank you to Haley Rose for the introduction every week, week in, week out. You are a champion, and I appreciate you. Um, that about does it. Ray, what was your favorite line from this film? Stat! Stat! What does that mean? I don't know! But that's not important right now! (laughs) That, that. Stat! Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.